Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations, metrics, and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hey, what's up? It's Marcel here. And before we start the episode, I've got to let you know that the new Parakeeto course is live. You can go get access to it. And we are right now, if you're listening to this, doing a limited time offer. This is the best deal that we will ever have on the course. And it includes a bunch of bonuses that we're never going to give away ever again. And so if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I would really love to just be able to learn how to do what Parakeeto does and teach my team, give them a resource that they can just consume when they get onboarded so we can start to take control of measuring and improving our profitability, this is your chance to do it. The course covers our framework from soup to nuts, and I poured so much time into making this as complete as I possibly can. So if you're interested in getting access to that, check the show notes for a link. With that, I hope you are as excited as I am about this, and I will let you get to the episode, so enjoy it, and I'll see you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Our guest today is an exciting one. He is the CEO and founder of Thought Leadership Leverage, where for the last two decades, he's helped individuals and businesses grow their business through thought leadership, develop thought leadership products, become thought leaders in their space, and ultimately use that to make a bigger impact and a bigger business. And today, he's here to share with us how to think about thought leadership, how to develop it, how to become a thought leader, and then how to use that leverage to grow your agency and your business. So with all of that, Mr. Peter Winnick, thanks for being here on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And I'm super intrigued about diving into this topic because it's one that I think is interesting to a lot of our listeners who are probably running uh, an agency that you know, they are seen as a thought leader to their clients. But the question, of course, is how do we become seen as thought leaders in the market? And once we achieve that, how do we use it to actually impact the business? But before we get into all of that, I want to give you an opportunity to explain in your own words, what you do, who you serve and how you serve them. Just so everyone has a sense of uh, who we're dealing with here. Yeah. So what we do is we work with a very wide variety of authors, speakers, thought leaders, consultants, CEOs, academics, uh, etc. So basically, folks that have great thought leadership that are looking to get it out in the world at a quicker velocity to have greater impact, monetize it more effectively, etc. And, and we do that through the development of strategy, through the development of brands, through the development of products that are extracted from something that started as uh, an idea in their head, and ultimately supporting them on the sales and marketing and business development side of, of, of the thought leadership path that they're on. The first thing I'd love to unpack for everyone listening is, you know, how do we define thought leadership? What does that mean to you? Yeah. And how should we be thinking about that? So, so it's, a, it's a great question, and it's one that I think needs, needs answering. It doesn't have to be that my answer is the answer, but we recently interviewed, I don't remember how many it was, 50 or 60 folks that are on the organizational thought leadership side of their organization. So large Fortune 500 companies, their title is director of thought leader, SVP, whatever. And the first thing I asked them is exactly, how do you define it? And, and guess what? For, you know, we got like 1.2 answers for every person we asked, which led me to believe there isn't a standard answer, right? So if I were to say to your agency clients, what does cost per click mean? There's not a lot of debate there. We know what that means. If I was yeah. to say, what does creative mean? We know what it means. So to me, 
let's start with the definition. Um, so number one, if we break it down into sort of the two pieces, there's thought. So what does thought mean? That something has to be thoughtful, that it has to require you to think or require thinking to get it out in the world. That might be from research is, is something that's thoughtful. It could be from experience. It could be from putting together things from different, um, uh, different disciplines and, you know, economics and, and psychology, bang, behavioral economics. That's thoughtful, right? Mm -hmm. So number one is thoughtful. People don't need to look at or see or read or, or won't invest their time in things that just aren't thoughtful or they've seen 50 times before. That's kind of what Twitter's for, to just throw up, you know, sort of things over and over again. The other piece is leader. And, and leader means you have to have the courage to say, I'm going to take this perspective on this discipline, on this whatever it is, and I'm going to lead it. And, I'm, and it doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, take it to the moon or, or, or whatever, but I'm going to take that conversation to the next level or a little bit of a different level or move it in a way that people aren't taking it and realizing that in order to lead, um, that takes some courage. You, mm -hmm. People might disagree with you. Fantastic. I love when people disagree with me. People might um, think you're dead wrong. That's great. That's wonderful. But at least you have a perspective that you've thought through and are willing to lead because you believe in what you have to say. Mm. I like, I like that idea of kind of splitting those two things out. So thoughtful content, content that requires thoughts or that provokes thought or that requires some research and background and then leadership, really taking a stand on the bleeding edge of that subject matter. So for those that are listening that are thinking, you know, that sounds like ex an exciting path to me. I want to be a thought leader. Maybe they haven't really built that yet, but they, they see it as something that's an opportunity for them and for their agency. Where should somebody start when they're thinking about developing that thought leadership in their network or in their market? So anything that's a business issue, you need to put on your business hat. And, and I think oftentimes what happened is because this is fun or it's the CEO's jam or whatever it is, we throw that out the window. We know we should be deliberate. We know what we would tell our clients, like, who are you trying to reach? How are you trying to reach them? What would you like the outcome to be of this? How are you going to measure success? But I've seen so many smart people, so many, skip that part and get to the fun. Let's just create cool stuff. That's not smart, right? So the first thing is, let's get clear or at least have some stakes in the ground on what my goals and objectives are. So why as an agency would I want to invest in thought leadership? Well, there's a couple of obvious things to me. One would be, guess what? You're being commoditized. You know, you're not that special and there's a thousand other agencies just like you, right? And by the way, we're all facing that commoditization. Whether you're in a product business, whether you're in a service business, there's this race to being commoditized. If you are perceived as a commodity, there's only one conversation I can have with you as a buyer is how cheap will this be? Right. That's not a conversation as a business owner that anybody wants to have. So number one, the reason you would invest in thought leadership is to elevate your brand. And, and at a minimum, in that case, it's a tiebreaker. So if I'm looking at five creatives and one has a bunch of thought leadership out there and is consistently doing it, in my mind as a buyer, you've already sort of, you're one step above. Because why are all these other people not doing some of the things that you're doing? Writing blogs, putting content out there, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I think the first, again, to answer your question, the first piece is get really clear about why we're doing this and then figure out how you're going to do it. I, I want to stop there and just unpack that for a second because it's so in line with what 
the thought leaders in our industry keep talking about, right? You think about the David C. Bakers and you think about, you know, the Blair ends and all they talk about is selling from your heels. And that comes from a position of being perceived as an expert in the space. So when people come to you, they already know, I want to work with these people because I know the way they think. I know the way they perceive the market. I know the way that they're doing things. And now the conversation is just about you evaluating if they're a fit to work with you and not so much trying to sell them your products. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So let's dig into the how a little bit. What are some of the things that, you know, your clients are getting a lot of success with when it comes to, you know, going out and executing on the strategy? So again, the how is, again, a result of your market, not you. And what I mean by that is as, as thought leaders, as creatives, as people that want to put content out in the world, we all have a default um, canvas that we prefer to use as creative people. Some people like to write, right? Great. So, the, so the, the keyboard's your canvas. Some people like infographics. Some people like video. Some people like pocket, whatever. Okay, the point is, it's not about you. So the trick is to really get in the head of who are your client avatars. And again, I hope I don't have to explain this to marketers, but you need to have three or four or five, whatever the appropriate number is, of highly defined client avatars, combination of psychographic, demographic, whatever those traits are. And then you have to understand how did they consume content? So like in my world, um, I'm always trying to stay in tune to what's going on in the world and then make business decisions. So we made a decision when Vine was a thing. Remember Vine? Like back on the, right? And said, I love Vine. Okay, right now, we don't see any reason for us to invest in that. Because based on who our people are, they tend to be a little bit older. They tend to be, you know, we, you, you, they're just not our peeps. And we'll monitor that. Maybe we'll be wrong and we'll revisit that in a quarter. That's where we are now with TikTok. I don't see a lot of my clients making, you know. <laughs> You're not like, on TikTok, Peter. Come yeah, on, man. I'm not a, nope. But we are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn, right? But it's, again, it's not about me. Not that anyone would want to see me dancing in my, my kitchen, but it's more about, okay, where are the people I'm trying to reach going to be hanging out? And then I got to meet them where they are, right? So that should influence where you're going. And I think sometimes the struggle is, ooh, you know, I'm uncomfortable with video. Ooh, I'm, you know, I'm not a great writer. Yeah, okay, well, that's great. If that's going to be what prevents you from being a great thought leader, then, then either, you know, admit defeat or get the resources that you need, you need to support you in your journey. I love it. So we talked about identifying the purpose, the, the person that we're serving and the best mediums and content formats to reach those sure. people as well as the right, you know, places to publish that content. So once we've kind of thought of this, you know, what's next, what do I really have to do to be successful? Cause of course we've seen it. There's a lot of folks that we know that are posting sure. content. They're really not getting traction on it. Right. How do you actually start to build that momentum and that, that following in your industry? Yeah. So, so the first is not to get obsessed with what, what social media is great at, which are vanity metrics. Ooh, I got mm -hmm. so many retweets. Ooh, I got, you know, we, we, I did a post two weeks ago where we put up, um, 
we hit the 250th episode for our podcast. So that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. To me, maybe. I don't really know. Like, That's it was a, a lot of episodes. episodes. And, and we saved, um, I, I was fortunate enough to get to interview Tom Peters. That's like a personal, you know, hero of mine. I'm like, oh my God, we'll save that one for the 250th. We'll make a big deal. And we did everything on LinkedIn to, to get the most out of it. And we got, I think it was a little bit under 5,000 uh, views. That's a big deal for someone our size. And most people would stop there. Um, that to me is a vanity metric. What's more interesting to me is 12 people reached out and said, wow, following you for a long time, da, 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 da. let's have a conversation. That's the metric yeah. that I, that matters to me. Cause I look at everything that we do as a firm on our own thought leadership, which is what we recommend our clients do as it's an investment. It's got to build brand and it's got to be a cost-effective net new client acquisition vehicle. Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't meet those metrics, then we're going to stop doing those things. You know? or try something new or do it differently. So, you know, you, you, to your point, like, well, it's not getting any traction. I think one is, you know, I, 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 maybe it sucks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that's just <laughs> mediocre. Like, why would anyone care about what you have to say in the way that you're saying it? Is it just right. regurgitation? Or are you willing to take the risk of um, maybe, I don't say uh, offending for the sake of offending, a la Gary V and dropping the F-bomb for the purpose of that. I don't think that's most people's style. It clearly works for him. But sometimes people get into this thought leader mode and they sound so generic that they've ripped the heart and soul out of it. And it's just mm. like painful to read or like, why would I, you're losing me after the fourth sentence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to agree with this because we, we've seen the same, same thing with our podcast. I mean, the agency profit podcast, that's pretty niche, right? And we're not topping the iTunes charts, but we don't need to because like, yeah. You know, exactly. we, we have a, we, we have a niche market and we sell a niche product within the niche market. And if we look at our numbers of like the amount of people that come to our podcast and come to our website and then download our lead magnet, like those ratios are really good because it's relevant, right? right? If you are interested High in the relevant. agency profit podcast, then you're probably interested in the toolkit and then you're probably interested in our product. So it just makes sense. And we're not to your point, like obsessing over getting the maximum reach on our podcast. I care more about having a few thousand like really, really interested people in what we're talking sure. about than tens of thousands of not that interested people. And then having to try and find a way to serve them that, you know, it's just going to end up feeling generic because we're trying to cover too much surface area. Exactly. So I, I love that point. Um, you know, don't get tied up in the metrics and focus on really delivering value to that area of expertise. Um, I think it's a great well, insight. All right. So we, we've talked about the path of building out more of a product, more of a, a video training or a leverage training around your thought leadership. But for those that want to dive more into just elevating their service business, their agency, their consulting, we've talked about, you know, getting more reach, collaborating with other people. What are some of the keys to success if we want to go down that path and really just use the thought leadership to boost our agency without creating other products? Yeah. So if we're looking as, as sort of a brand builder, net new client acquisition, you know, just as, as a secondary monetization path, meaning not, not monetizing the thought leadership, but attracting flies to the nest. Um, mm. I think there's a couple of things that are critical. Number one is consistency. So whatever you're going to do and whatever modality you're going to do, stick to a cadence. You know, if, if you're going to post a video every Tuesday at three o'clock, you know, make it you know, Peter's Tuesday minute or something like that, right? So whatever it is, number one is consistency. And then um, number two is not being afraid to experiment with different mm -hmm. modalities and different things. Um, collaboration is key. You're not going to do that all on your own. Figure out who else is out there that's interesting to you and non-competitive. The magic spot is that, that just 
butts up to maybe sort of kind of a competitor, but not really. So right. who else is serving the same people in a non-competitive way that you can collaborate with? So you've got different perspectives and, di and different points of view. Um, using research is great. If your clients, current clients will permit it for you to make case studies out of some of the things that you're doing with them, either in a bleached out way or even through direct attribution, there's benefits to them. Um, and then I think, you know, finding what's comfortable for you. If, if you hate it and you're miserable and you stink at it, you're just not going to do it. Like, so, yeah. so for me, I was a, a, on my best day, a mediocre blogger, but that was the only tool we had or the only one that I, I knew of say eight or 10 years ago. So I did it because it worked and it worked well. And then as soon as I was able to move more to video and, and podcasting as a guest or lately as a, as a host of my own, I'm like, it's much easier for me to just talk than actually write stuff. So I mean, yeah. this is my lane. So I, I would much rather deal with a medium that lets me just talk and not have to, you know, write 800 words and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're preaching to the choir on that one. It's the whole reason I decided to go with this format because writing a blog post takes me like two days, whereas I can sit and talk to entrepreneurs. It's a treat for me to do it. Yeah. And, right. we can still and you learn and you learn and you build your network and there's some tertiary benefits. It's fun. You, you see it on your schedule for the day. And you're like, yeah, I'll be fun today. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So keys to success there is pick something that you can be consistent at. And I think something that you spoke to was, you know, this idea of, you know, don't write a book your first time out. That's like trying to run a marathon when you haven't trained for years. And, and I would agree with that. I mean, you look at even the people that you perceive as being huge thought leaders, like the Simon Sinek's, and especially you look at Seth Godin. I mean, this guy started the blog and then his books are basically just blog posts. <laughs> so like start with the blog and then maybe that'll build the book or start with speaking, you know, local or within your team and that'll yeah. lead to the bigger stages mm -hmm. start with posting on LinkedIn and so on and that'll lead to bigger ideas so I like that idea of just kind of picking one thing and just getting consistent with that and that's a great way to get feedback as well and what people are really interested in talking more about what starts conversations what stirs people up um, I love that approach so with all that, of that said <laughs> Peter we've talked about a lot of things We've talked about um, building thought leadership for yourself, how to get out there, how to become a thought leader, how to think about who you serve, how you serve them, what kind of content to create for them, and then you know how to focus on building that audience for results as opposed to just vanity metrics. And then we've talked about some strategies for monetizing and capitalizing on that thought leadership. For those that are listening, the agency owners, any final words of advice for them as they set down their thought leadership journey? Uh, any final advice? Yeah, I mean, the final piece of advice I would have is, you know, we all want immediate gratification. We're all impatient and we all want to see a return on our dollars quickly. Thought leadership isn't necessarily that in the beginning. So whatever you're going to commit to, commit to it for much longer than you think you normally would. So for example, when I started blogging, I committed to 100 blogs. When I started the podcast, I committed to 50. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm not watching the data and the analytics all the way through, but it takes time to be established as a brand and, and a place that people are going to put on their, you know, uh, you know, make part of their workout that they're going to listen to your podcast. All that. that takes time. And then what happens is it's not quite a hockey stick, but there is a flywheel effect that after you stick to it long, you know, and you're exhausted going, man, I thought that was such a good podcast and seven people listened to it. You know, eventually it comes back because if you, if you create content in a, in a very evergreen way, yeah. people that listen to this today, there will be the same type of people that might listen to this in a year or two from now and it should be equally valuable. So create an evergreen sort of way and stick to it for a, you know, make the commitment to stick 
and then you will see the results. That is great advice. So for everyone listening that wants a little bit more Peter in their life, where can they find you on the internet? Where can they connect with you and get more of your thought leadership? Sure. Well, be careful what you wish for. Um, <laughs> so you can, you can go to our website, which is thoughtleadershipleverage.com. Uh, LinkedIn, we're on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Instagram, YouTube channel. Uh, you can email me directly at peter at thoughtleadershipleverage.com as well. Well, there you have it, folks. In the show notes, you'll find links to all of those things, all of the Peter, all of the thought leadership leverage. <laughs> and with all of that, Peter, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Matt. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast, I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this, and it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode. Is a wrap.